Bottom Line Off podcast. I am your host, Richard Huffman. We talk about all things Bottom Line Off, uh, left-wing German terrorism of the 1970s, student radicalism, and other related ephemera. Um, I have a cold. That's why my voice sounds funny, so I apologize in advance for that. I haven't done a podcast in like three or four months. The reason is is because I got a all-consuming job and I haven't like really looked up for air since since uh fall basically um um so that's why that's why I haven't I haven't done one for a while um uh today we're going to talk about or today what I wanted to talk about was the horrible shootings that happened in Arizona um last week where a United States representative was shot and six other people were shot and killed um, by a deranged madman, essentially. And to look at certain parallels um, to the milieu that was going on in Germany in the late 60s and early 70s that maybe offer a little bit of insight into what happened in Arizona. Um, Before I get started on that, I did want to send a special thank you to my friend in Australia who knows who he is, who sent me the um, Tonsteiner Scherben um, CD, mix CD. Thank you so much. That's awesome. I've been ro- trying to email you back. I managed to delete every one of my emails for a four-month period, including yours. So I don't have your email anymore, so send it back to me if you get a chance. Um, but thank you. That was awesome. I hope hopefully you're not flooded out. Um, so anyway, Jared Lee Lochner. Um, well, one one thing that, one, one obvious um thing that came up in the last week is the immediate assigning of blame by a lot of people um, for these actions to a lot of the heated rhetoric that certain right-wing politicians and other groups have used over the past year in demonizing left-wing politicians, particularly a a famous um, map kind of that was created by Sarah Palin's political campaign with basically crosshair um, rifle crosshair targets over certain elective districts. This is something that actually concerned Representative Giffords. Um, so when she was shot, people made a direct connection and it's hard to see hard not to see why. I mean of course if, if there's this milieu is out there and people are worried and somebody gets shot, you can you want to um, you, you, it, it's hard not to jump to that immediate conclusion or at least think about it. Um, a similar thing happened in um, 67 and 68. In May of 67, um, Kommune 1, which was headed by, well, it was led by several people, including uh, Rainier Longens and Fritz Teufel, they were inspired by a, a department store that had burned down in Belgium. It was a horrific, horrific event. About 300 people died in this department store fire that many people, although it's never been proven, many people believe was started by communists. And um, the next week, they wrote a pamphlet that basically says, um, hey, if uh, there's this war going on, this Coca-Cola war going on in Vietnam, and um, and it's oppressing all of these people, so don't be surprised if this war gets brought home to us right here in our country um, and it ends with the, um, the epithet burn department store burn. So on May 24th, 67, Teufel and Longens were arrested with incitement to riot because they had printed that in a pamphlet and distributed it. And the authorities felt they were going to incite somebody to do something similar. 
Um, it took maybe eight or nine months before they finally went to trial. And on, um, in March of 68, they were found not guilty of incitement to riot. Um, basically, the expert of witnesses agreed that it was, um, they were literary compositions not to be taken seriously and, not to, and only to be acted on, um, only, they were only to be used for theoretical purposes, considerations. Um, one week later, Andreas Potter, Gudrun Enslin, his girlfriend, their friends Thor, Thorvald Prohl and uh, Horst Sonlein um, walked into two different department stores in Frankfurt and left timer bombs there and um, created uh, fires that caused several hundred thousand dollars worth of damage. Um, so do we know if they were inspired by those pamphlets? It's hard to say. That's an obvious conclusion. Um, you know, it's equally easy to say that it was a logical choice. If you're, uh, if you're a leftist who's opposed to this Coca-Cola lifestyle and consumer culture, going into department stores and burning them, trying to burn them down is a logical choice. Um, but the fact is, is it was out there. The milieu of the time um, made, partially prompted by this pamphlet, made department stores targets. So anyway, about a week after that, on the other side of the political spectrum, uh, a young house painter named Joseph Bachman um, attempted to assassinate uh, Red Rudy Duchka, the firebrand. Um, he was a firebrand leftist uh, um, um, student leader in Berlin at the time, and he's he's certainly the most famous student leader of the of the left wing movement of the 1960s. And Bachman found him on a street corner and pumped three bullets into him and miraculously he didn't kill him somewhat similar to to the Gifford situation and and um and uh, but he suffered tremendously he suffered the rest of his life and ended up dying 12 years later from kind of complications from um from those original gunshots uh, but anyway when they found Bachman on his person they found a uh, kind of a wanted style poster that was printed from a, a right-wing newspaper that showed Red Rudy Duchka and others and that basically said, wanted dead or alive. And, uh, and you know, the students um, who heard about Duchka being assassinated or the attempt assassination at the time, they thought he had been murdered. They just assumed this was the milieu created by whoever killed them was inspired by the hated Springer Press, the, the right-wing conservative empire that was constantly demonizing the left and Red Rudy Duchka in particular. Very similar, I guess you could say, to the Fox News of today. And um, they went and they went, the stu students, apparently like about 50,000 of them, showed up at the um, headquarters of the Springer Press in Berlin and, and basically rioted all night, preventing their newspapers from leaving. And, and it, was, it, was, um, it was a massive conflagration. Um, you know, it's hard to know what exactly inspired Bachman, you know, because he, he's, he's very similar to Jared Lee Lochner in a sense. He was a mentally ill, troubled youth. He was fixated on those in power. Um, for him, it was left-wing leaders for Lochner. Who knows why he chose Gifford? Um, it's hard to really judge what causes mentally ill people to do what they do. Clearly, the... Um, milieu of the time helped him fixate on a target. Um, so, you know, it, it, 
but but it's hard to say what exactly influenced him, which isn't to say language isn't important and irrelevant to, to people's actions. Um, two years ago, Dr. Sarah Colvin wrote a really masterful book about Ulrika Meinhof, which you can you can listen to her podcast on my or my podcast interviewing her on my website as well, um, where she detailed how Meinhof's language evolved over time and how she systematically through her language began to exclude people from her own circle of humanity, most notably by like calling people fascists and Nazis. Um, you know, over the last year, we've had this parade of people on the right um, equating Obama and his administration with uh, the not with Hitler and the National Socialist era. And these are, of course, all horrible and offensive and ridiculous. Um, you know, and you can trace a similar meme through Meinhof's writings throughout the 60s. She started out with baby steps saying, oh, the actions of this person, this is somewhat similar to what went on in the Nazis, so we got to be careful. And by the end of it, then she would say, oh, this is just like the Nazis. And by the end of it, they were just, they were all Nazis. They were all fascists. And there was no need to bother explaining it in her mind. Um, and, and the problem there, of course, is what is the point to a Nazi? Nazis are the worst criminals in the history of mankind. They don't deserve anything, certainly not humanity and certainly not life. So they can be killed with impunity. That That's what you, if you've convinced yourself in your head somebody is a Nazi, the next logical step is what do we do with Nazis? We, we kill them. And, um, and with her, I think it helped her and people that read her helped helped them systematically demonize a portion of the German population that um, into into thinking of them as less than human in a sense. And um, <coughs> pardon me, for me is especially troubling, I guess in a sense because you know the the US military that was in Berlin and Germany at the time was also part of this worldview that was considered um, Nazis essentially or fascists. And the people that tried to kill my parents and my dad, um, in particular, um, certainly had that view that, that these people are lesser. They're representative of this regime. Um, so so it's, it's troubling to me whenever I hear somebody referred to as Nazis. And the irony, of course, is in, is in Meinhof's case, many of the people she's calling Nazis were, in fact, actual, honest-to-God Nazis. These were people that were Nazis during World War II. These are people that had been either denazified or or not, but were in similar places of power within the current German society. But but the reality was the German society as a whole at the time was actually tremendously open. Relatively speaking, it was a pretty free society, and a lot of their critiques about the German society were not necessarily true. They did not ring totally true. Um, and to accuse the society of essentially being uh, fascist in nature, even though it's hidden, was not in fact really true. And that, that was the tragedy of all of it. So, um, so anyway, you know, as I hear about the, the mental state of Jared Lee Loeffner and, and his own obsessions with language and logic, um, it reminds me of one of the most amazing or interesting parts of the RAF saga, and that's the Socialist Patients Collective um, after May of 1972, pretty much almost the entire leadership of the Red Army faction 
which is Bader, Enslin, Yonkal, Raspa, um, Holger Mines, um, all of these people had been arrested um, and they were in prison and essentially the, it would have been cut off at its head. Um, but in, in like 73, 74, a new group of people followers kind of rose up to take the reins of the group on the outside and perform many more actions. And the heart, <clears throat> pardon me, the heart of a lot of these um, new members came from a group called the Socialist Patients Collective. So what was the Socialist Patients Collective? It was a group of, of um, patients um, with mental problems <laughs> who were attached to Dr. Wolfgang Ober of the University of Heidelberg. And he was a um, either a psychiatrist or a psychologist, I can't remember which, who believed that mental problems could be attributed to societal factors, essentially capitalism. Capitalism was the thing that was causing mental instability in the world. And one of the cures was not just revolution, but taking actions on behalf of revolution, fighting the capitalist state. Um, it, it honestly sounds like something that could have only happened in the 60s and early 70s, um, but this is in fact what this group believed. And they were a, a collective. They were, in, in keeping with their um, socialist tenets, they, they, they worked on their mental illnesses together. And they would perform little low-level actions to um, attack the state, attack capitalism, and members of the group broke away from the group and actually decided to become full, I guess to cure themselves, to be full-fledged members of the Red Army faction. Um, it seems crazy, because when you talk about somebody um, who like would take over an embassy and blow it up and kill several people, you almost want to say, my God, these people are crazy. And in this particular case, that was kind of the clinical diagnosis. They were absolutely crazy. Um, and that, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a meme that runs through a lot of terrorism. It's, it's, a, it's a mix of, uh, of people that are remarkably calm and centered and thoughtful and smart people and a bunch of people that are unbalanced and essentially crazy. And... Um, and the same types of language tends to influence them, maybe in different ways, but it ends up having the same effect. So anyway, I'm going to end this podcast. Hopefully I will get back to some of my plans for the podcast, talking about some of the great mysteries of the modern mind off era and some other great interviews. Um, but for now, I'm signing off. Um, uh, Representative Giffords is in my thoughts, and um, I thank you guys for listening. Mm -hmm.